You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Kingdom of Heaven, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you, falsely, for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Daryl. Just move this. Can you hear me okay? Good morning. Coming through okay? Fantastic. Just a couple of quick extra announcements. Um, you would have received this, um, we've heard about this, or if you haven't, I want you to grab one pretty please and get it back to me, preferably today, but you have to the 3rd of December. Um, won't give a massive explanation on this, uh, but the idea is um, we want to find out, and I guess more than actually, we want to find out if we have enough uh, people to run two morning services, if that's something we could explore. Um, the biggest question I get, and please come and talk to me and ask me any other questions you have, but the biggest question I have is, is someone upset? Is that why we're doing two services? Or do we have enough people? Um, no one's upset. As far as I know, everyone that's in the room now loves this church. That's why they're here. Um, what this is for, the reason, the why are we even exploring it, is not for the people in this room. It's for the people that aren't in this room. The hundreds of young adults that meet on Burley Hill on a Sunday not in church. The hundreds, if not thousands, of isolated seniors across the Gold Coast that don't have a way of getting here and don't have a way of maybe have felt left out by the church, um, by the wider church, not this church. The families that for that, and I'm in it at the moment, for that five, six years that um, the kids are crazy and you don't get to go out anywhere and you barely make it to church these are things we're exploring. Are there ways to have a service or a couple of services that make them more welcome, um, that make are catered for them? So, of course, 100 people, we're not going to have 100 services, but there's two distinct celebrations, ways that we celebrate as a people that I'm seeing, and I think that we might be able to explore that. So we're just exploring it. Please let me know which service you would attend and uh, what you could do in that service. And what excites me is that we want to fill both of them. What excites me that... Of course, in the initial time, we'd probably come together every now and then. Hopefully, we get too big to be able to do that. So, other questions, come see me. In fact, let me give you a time. Tuesday afternoon, I mean, a couple, I mean more than that, but Tuesday afternoon is a perfect time if you can come here, if you can get here, to go grab a coffee with me or a tea. Uh, just email me. Email can come up after or come and see me after. I would love to sit and address questions, not just on this, but anything. Uh, if not, I can come to you, that's fine, and we can do it another time. But there's a little bit of a 
a, uh, if that works for you, come and see me. I'll leave that completely open for the next few weeks as there's questions around this and that would be fantastic to answer them. Is that okay? Yeah. So grab one of them, fill that out. That would be fantastic. So I'm a little bit sniffly this morning, so I'll try not to sniff into my mic. The other thing I want to mention, there is a fair few in this congregation that want to get baptised. And so I'm going to applaud that because that's... There's two ways we're going to do that. There's people, as it says in the Word, they meet Jesus and we go baptise them. Um, and so if you're keen to get baptised, can you just stay for 30 seconds after the service and we'll look at how we can do that? The other way we'll do that, so that might happen during the week, we'll get, we'll get people baptised. The other way is at the end of January, I'm going to put, I want to put in the calendar a baptism service down at Talabhadra. Um, so those that want to get baptised now, let's go do it. But hopefully... I'm hoping that there's more to get baptised at the end of January. And as a church family, we'll look at trying to get down to Talabhadra and do some more baptisms. So I'm planning more baptisms. Is that okay? So come and see me if you're wanting to get baptised. That's exciting. We don't have a baptistry, but we are surrounded by multiple pools of water at Burley Head. So we can find some place to get you under that water and get you living in that way in the new year. So that's fantastic. Uh, And then lastly, before I just open and unpack this scripture today. A couple of questions from my sermon last week, which I love. It means people were listening. (laughs) Um, One question which was really good, we're looking at the Beatitudes, which uh, Daryl just read out, and we've been talking about how blessed in that context means happy are. And someone said to me, hang on, doesn't blessed just mean blessed? How come, how can two how can the same word mean two different things? And I thought, fantastic question. In the Greek, in one of the languages that the Bible was originally written, let me give you an example. They had five words for love. And so when they translated the Bible, they didn't have five words for love. They had one word for love, love. And so when they translated the Bible with blessed... They didn't have multiple words for happy are or blessed by God. So they used the most word that meant as close as possible and used blessed. And that's why you can have blessed appear twice in the Bible or multiple times and mean something slightly different. It's not wrong. Blessed does mean blessed, but it can have a deeper meaning if we unpack that word. So great, great question to ask um, because we're looking at a blessed that probably means, that most commentaries say means happy are. It's not necessarily a godly blessing. It's a a way of life. Happy are. And I said last week, the word is moikos. And you might be at a wedding and someone says to you, moikos, blessed are you. Happy are you. You're getting married. And that's the type of word Jesus uses as he starts his message on on the Sermon on the Mount. And then lastly, before I pray, can I encourage us to take notes? I'm not into just religious entertainment. Come and hear something that was nice or wasn't nice and then go home. I'd love if we'd be uh, wanting to chew on it during the week, wanting to discuss it during the week, wanting to come back to me after the service and ask me questions, even correct me as a young 31-year-old that's still learning. Take some notes, would love that if that's possible. And there's a lot of information today. Um, is this, this, these two passages that I'm going to read are incredibly deep 
And so taking notes helps with my pace and with the amount of information being able to reflect. Let me pray and we're going to dig in to where we're at this morning. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your holy, divine scripture. Right now, Lord, we, are, we, we thank you so much for this sermon that you gave from the side of the mountain, Lord. And we thank you that we can unpack it together, Lord. I pray that you use my words. You help me to speak clearly, Lord. And help me to do the scripture justice as we unpack this. Ask, what are you saying? And how are we going to respond to your word? In Jesus Christ's name, amen. So we've been going through the Beatitudes and we find ourselves in the next two statements this morning. They're coming up now. I'm going to reread them. Daryl did a fantastic job, but I'm going to isolate them, these two. One back, John. That was right. Just one. Yeah. No, you're right. Let me read them and then they'll pop up. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are those that are merciful, or blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Each of these Beatitudes, and you haven't been here the last few weeks, we've got CDs and we also podcast, they build on each other. We've had blessed, or happy are those that are poor in spirit. We've had happy are those who mourn, (laughs) happy are those who are meek, And now happy are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness and happy are those that are merciful. We spoke about that. These are weird statements to be happy about. Jesus is stirring the crowd deliberately. It's not happy are those that are young and married or happy are those. It's these strange statements that are made to ask us, ask some questions about this. They kind of switch the idea of true happiness. Now, what Jesus starts to do in this section is he starts to rhyme. Not in a rap sense, not in a, it sounds the same, he rhymes in theme. So, he started with, happy are those that pour in spirit. Now, he's using poverty again to talk about it again. And he says, happy are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. I laugh because I imagine the crowd there are getting hungry I imagine they're sitting on the side of the hill. They've heard about Jesus feeding people, perhaps. (laughs) They've heard about Jesus doing these miracles. And I can imagine him saying, happy are those uh, that hunger and thirst. And I can imagine there's a bit of a rumble around the crowd, like, he's going to give us food. And you hear the excitement. And he can go, then he goes, for righteousness. And imagine the crowd almost, not booing, but let down as they suddenly realise he's not talking about physical food. He's talking about spiritual food. Not quite booing, but a bit of a disappointment as they sit on that hot hill listening to Jesus preach. Once again, talking about true happiness. Not about a fleeting glimpse, but something deeper. Something that's stirring within us. Something we are mourning for. Something we are all in poverty for. We long for, we hunger for this word righteousness. Another way to say righteousness or, or, or a, a rightness 
with Christ. As I mentioned last week, these aren't new benchmarks. These aren't new things to go and do. They're encouragements, blessings and challenges for us. Jesus is addressing the crowd where they are, where they find themselves. And today he's addressing you, where you find yourself with these statements. He calls out those that are in the crowd. And if this relates to you, take a moment to have a think about this. Those that are hungry for rightness with God. Those that are hungry for a deeper place and a deeper time. Those are hungry when they look outside the world and go, I hunger for something different. You see, everyone, in some degree, Christian or non-Christian, I believe, have this hunger. Let me explain a little further. I don't mean a godly hunger, but they have a hunger for something deeper. The word righteousness, I think I've got the definition up there, John. The quality of being morally right or justifiable. Another definition put it, worthy. I believe every single person you know has a hunger to be worthy. Your neighbour, the friend down the road, every single person I believe has a hunger to be worthy. I'm not saying it's a hunger for God's righteousness, we'll get to that. I'm saying every single person wants rightness. And do you know how I know this? There's an Australian slang that we say to each other and it it sums this up. It's the next slide. Have you ever heard someone say, are you all right, mate? Put your hand up, am I the only one that's heard that? (laughs) How are you going? I'm all right. We want to be all right. Oh, that looked tough. Are you all right? I'm all right. All right. We want to be okay. We want to be as us Australians say, all right, mate. Every single person you know is starving to know who they are, is starving to have a home, a spiritual home, is starving in the spirit, is starving to be worthy, is starving to be all right, mate. And we know this because the very first book, if you don't know what the Bible is, there's this library that we've been given of all these different books collated, and it's called the Bible. And in the very first book, we find the book of Genesis. And I'm going to read a little bit of Genesis for you this morning. Just on the screen. Genesis 3, 16 to 24. This is after Adam and Eve have disobeyed God, and this is what God says to them. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he should rule over you. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall now eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. You shall eat the plants of the field, By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. 
It goes on. The man called his wife named Eve because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skin and clothed them. Then the Lord said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now lest he reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore God sent him out of the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man and at the east of the garden of Eden he placed the cherubim (laughs) and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way of the tree of life. It tells a story here. Not a lot of information there, but it tells a story. A lot of Christians get caught up in the physical element of this story. I believe in seven days, but they spend their whole life debating that. Or they spend the whole day debating what fruit was eaten from the tree. Deeper than that, there is a spiritual story of humankind being kicked out of their spiritual home. There's a spiritual story of humankind losing their rightness with their creator, with their purpose. The the third chapter of this library that is the Bible, and they lose connection with their purpose, their creator. Doesn't that just sum up when you turn on the news every night? A world that has lost its purpose, has lost its connection, its direction from the one who created it. The garden, the home, their place with God, their ultimate source, they're disconnected from it. From that point on, humankind's act like nomads and they're homeless and like Jesus says, they're spiritually starving. I've mentioned the news. This is why our society takes moments to capture glimpses of something better. This is why people spend so much money trying to pretend their body is not rusting not getting aged. This is why drinking and drug addiction are so common. Because they're spiritually homeless. If you don't have Jesus, what do you have? It makes sense. Turn to other things if you don't have Jesus. It's why people put their identity in stuff, things and status. It's why at every turn, on every corner, it feels like humans are trying to be deemed worthy. Social media is constantly asking for likes, followers. Follow me, like me, I'm worthy, I'm all right, mate. Even affects churches. Churches will often cling to places and practices wanting to make that their spiritual home when it's still Jesus. It's Jesus. Or others pursue Rightness with the universe, they say. This is the new age thinking, rightness with the universe. Crystals, meditation, yoga. Don't judge these people. Feel for them. They don't know what it's like. Or if this is you, you don't know what it's like to come home to Jesus. They're lost. We are desperate, we're starving no matter how grumpy your neighbour is, (laughs) no matter how much he says, I don't believe in that stuff, no no, no matter how much undeniable, how much he denies, sorry, I promise you, because of the Garden of Eden, because of the way humankind started, 
he is starving for something. Makes it so much more refreshing when you want to go share the gospel, isn't it? He might reject it, she might reject it, but you know they're looking for it. You know they want it. They might have been jaded by the church, but you still know, deep down, they're starving to come home. And if their pursuit of home and their purpose is not with the giver of the home and purpose, then they will not be satisfied. Jesus instead is saying that this hunger, if you're a believer or non-believer and you have this hunger and thirst for a different way, a different place that you're missing, then that's great. That's actually not a bad thing if you choose to turn to Jesus. Blessed, happy are those that pursue, that know something's not right because they get to turn to me. They have a chance that they can find home in me, Jesus. In him, you'll be satisfied. Stay with me. I get there's a lot of information, there's a lot of depth in just four lines of scripture. More than a Mars bar when you're a little hungry, Jesus fully satisfies. It's interesting to note he says, shall be satisfied, because he knows it's a process. He knows that at a time of delivering the message, in a couple of years he'll be crucified and give life, he'll give a bridge from the disconnect. It's funny, the disconnect that man made because they wanted to be God, God becomes man to bridge that gap. He knows through his work and life and death he'll bring us away back to Jesus, back to God. He knows that he will satisfy our disconnection. He will, be, he will make a way. He'll make it right with God. There'll be a rightness with our creator and one day soon we'll be home. One day soon we'll get to walk with Jesus in the cool of the evening. We will know who we are. We'll know our true purpose. The flesh, the human side, humankind, the news, <laughs> what's going on in our world will be right with its creator. Anyone else excited for that? I'm excited for that, for things to be made fully right, fully satisfied. I can't wait to live, create, build. It's funny, really tangent, I'm trying not to go on tangents here, but people often think the heaven picture with the harps and the clouds. Um, As a young man, I'm like, looks restful, but ugh. (laughs) It's It's not in the Bible, so don't worry. If we look at the Garden of Eden, we see people building, creating, naming the animals. Jesus has things for us to do there. It's, it's exciting. Except things will be easy. Isn't that just, I don't know, that just that excites me as a young man who, wants to, who doesn't want to sit on a cloud for the rest of my life playing a harp. I'm excited that I can work. The creator would probably still use me in heaven It'll be made right. That excites me. I don't know. That might not excite you. Maybe the harp cloud thing is... I'm not getting a lot of... People aren't relating to me. Okay, so we're a harp and cloud church. That's fine. (laughs) Have fun. But I'm excited (laughs) that I can walk with God in the cool of the evening and know who I am and know his purpose for me. It's exciting. 
However, they're sitting on the hill and they hear, blessed are those that hunger for me, hunger for righteousness, hunger for the rightness with God. And I wonder if they're thinking what I read when I read this beatitude. That's great, Steve. That's great, Jesus. I can't wait to heaven. But Monday morning, the world is still pretty broken. What do I do then? What do I do Monday? Legally, there's now rightness with God through Jesus. I now have access to him, but we're not fully restored. So what do I do Monday? Firstly, if you don't know Jesus, you get to know him. He is the only one that will satisfy. Full stop. I know you're hungry if you don't know him. I know you're not satisfied. Come see me after and we'll fix that up. I won't fix it. Jesus can. Secondly, like most of us here, we're Christians. If, if you know Jesus, then we have to ask what happens Monday morning. We're still waiting for heaven. We have a spiritual home in Jesus, but we crave the fullness of the kingdom. And unless Jesus takes us tonight, we're still going to be here Monday morning. Well, because Jesus is God, he knows this. And that's where we just bring us to this second beatitude. He knows this. He knows that we need something to do Monday. And so he says this, Blessed are the merciful, for they receive mercy. He becomes a bit more practical. He says, if you know Jesus, if you hunger for me, if you've made right, now we're talking. Now, this is what Monday looks like. Neil's going to cover the next two practical Beatitudes, but I'm just covering this briefly as I finish up this morning. The definitions are up here. Merciful means showing or exercising mercy. Mercy means compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is with one's power to punish or harm. Mercy, merciful. It's an unnatural kindness. It's a weird forgiveness. I say weird because if someone hits my car in the parking lot today, <laughs> I want to know who you are and I want to get your insurance details. I want justice. It's pretty normal to want justice. If someone came up and pushed me over, I'm telling you, I may be a pastor, but I very much want to push you hard back. It was deliberate. I need to work on the mercy in that situation, but that's nat do you understand that's natural? It's a natural human condition that we want justice. If someone rips me off, robs me, hurts me, or my loved ones, my instinct, my human nature says I want to get them back. I want them to pay for that. It's actually pretty normal. This is part of our starvation, actually. Our hunger for righteousness means that we hunger for things to be just. It's not fair. This isn't right. That person did this. I want a godly justice now. Actually speaks to the verse before. It speaks to our starvation for righteousness. And because we're perfect... And because we're the ultimate authority on what's right and fair, then we should be the one to carry out the judgment, correct? No, absolutely not. We're not perfect. We're not perfect. In fact, I think about all the things that I've done wrong and I really hope I don't get eternal justice for that. 
I think about all the times I've sped when I didn't get caught. And I think, gee, I hope I, hope I don't actually have justice for that because I don't know if I can afford the fines. I think about my youth, even just between 17 to 19, and think, gee, I can't afford those two years of me speeding when I didn't get caught alone. Or every time I let my mind wander, I hope I don't have eternal justice for that. You see, Jesus made us right on a kingdom level. We still have to pay worldly justice. If we hit a car, we still have to pay insurance. There's still a worldly justice. But on a spiritual, deeper, eternal level, in God's mercy, he made us okay. He made us right with him. Which means on Monday, we can live from that hope of Jesus. On Monday, we can live in that power. We can actually rest, it says in that. Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus says, Monday, you don't deserve it, but if you know me, you've been forgiven, you are right with me. Now, at whatever time you wake up on Monday, for me it's 5.30, with a crying baby, for you it might be later, you can wake up knowing whatever you face, God is okay with you. You have been made right. We can be merciful, not because it comes natural, but we can rest in the mercy that has been shown to all of us via Jesus. We can also rest that God is just and all will be made right. In Colossians it says this, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His... Sorry, the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. That's how we live Monday morning. We don't get it right all the time, but that's how we can live tomorrow when we wake up. If you are meek enough, if you are hungry enough to allow God's mercy to bless you, it allows you to rest and start to satisfy you tomorrow. I've got a quote here. Monday, if you're taking notes. That's right. Monday becomes another chance to live from God's mercy and love. So all of a sudden, because we've been satisfied with God's mercy, his forgiveness, we can be merciful. There's a lady called Moretta Jagger in the 70s. And she was camping. Um, if anyone's seen The Shack, there's elements of this story that's taken from her story. She was camping with her family and one of her children were taken from the tent she was camping in at night and, and murdered. She lost it. I don't, I don't know what I'd do. I don't even want to think about that. Can't think of anything worse, to be honest. But she couldn't find the murderer. Couldn't find the killer, but knew, they found the body, knew that he'd been murdered. And after years of not sleeping, the family falling apart, being awake 
the entire time, not letting it rest. She was a Christian lady and she said, I have to, I have to live life more than this. And so without even knowing the killer, without even meeting him, without even having an interaction, she forgave him. In her bed one night, you can buy her book. I think she's still, uh, I don't know if she's still speaking, but you can, buy, you can see clips from her and buy the book. But she forgives this murderer. Crazy. As I stand now, I don't know if I could do that. Definitely not without God. But she forgives him and she finds herself sleeping for the very first time that night as she lets that go. Then she comes face to face with him. They find him, they catch him and she forgives him publicly as well. Who finds that crazy? Is that a, that's crazy, it's crazy. The need for justice, the need for things to be right was trumped by something much more powerful within them. The acceptance of God's mercy for us. The acceptance that God will bring justice. God will satisfy. God will bring the righteousness. So in summary, we've got a summary up here. I realise a lot of content, so I've got a summary if you're taking notes. We all hunger and thirst for a deeper connection and spiritual home. To be all right, mate. This home and way is found in Jesus alone. And what he did in his life and death on the cross. We can be challenged if we know him to be filled with his spirit, to become more like Jesus every day, to be transformed, it says in Romans 12 too, so that we can become full of mercy or merciful tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. So that suddenly means for you, you can bless maybe what you're in time with God working through you, you can bless what your parent did. That thing that stings and hurts still, you can forgive that. It means in the power of Jesus, you can forgive that sibling for what they did. That friend or ex-friend. The ex-partner. They can have forgiveness. Not because you're awesome. Not because you can muster it all up. and you're Because God has forgiven you. Jesus has made you right. Therefore you can forgive. Not even because they said they were sorry. And it may not happen this morning either. But it's a process with Jesus. You can forgive. You can forgive that church that might have hurt you that time. Churches do that. It's hard to imagine. <laughs> if you are in the church long enough, you'll know that they can do that and you can forgive them or that person in the church. Not because you're awesome, but because God is awesome. You can sleep, work and play in the knowledge of hope. God is justice. God has shown you mercy and he has made a way through. And coming, and little by little, the kingdom can come through you. And then final, final thought before we sing together. Do you know what's awesome about this? 
Leviticus 19 says you can be holy because God is holy or made holy because God is holy. And in John 15, he says they'll know each other by their love for each other. You go out today and you forgive someone. Someone else forgives someone. Someone else shows mercy. There's a car accident, like a a soft car accident, and you're, you're, of course, insurance, but you're not getting angry and agitated and you show mercy on that person. All of a sudden, Burley Head says, what is wrong or right with Burley Head's Church of Christ? It is the number one way to evangelise. John 15, they'll know you because of what you do, how you act, how you love each other. You don't feel comfortable sharing the four points of the gospel with someone? That's okay today. We can train you in that. Show them mercy and love. Show them the gospel. And do you know what the worst thing is? (laughs) That's not the worst thing, sorry. The best thing is, eventually, because of their hunger that we know they have, one day they're going to go, I'm sorry, that's the seventh time I've seen you forgive someone, you've been gentle and meek, you're going to have to explain yourself. And you'll have to tell them about Jesus. You'll have to tell them. I can't wait for Neil to continue the next two, but let, for now let me pray and um, we'll sit on that. And... Father God, thank you so much that the hunger, the thirst for righteousness, to be right with you, to be okay, all right, was dealt with on the cross. I pray that if we need to accept that this morning, Father, that we do that, that we can. If we're still trying to please you, if we're still trying to work towards you, if we still think you're angry at us, that we can let that go because we know you are a merciful, forgiving God and it's been paid. That we can live in that grace on Monday and show it to others, Father. None of this can be done if we just try or none of this can be done if we just muster enough willpower, Lord. We need you. We need your spirit. We need your power to flow through us, Lord. And may we look more and more like you every single day. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.